This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, my name is Roy Knight for The Christian Gentleman. One thing I would like for us to consider is the idea of humility. Now, humility may not be exciting as many of the other Christian attributes, but it is essential in developing the character in which God would be pleased. Whenever we're considering humility, we ask the question, what is it? Well, it is defined as having a humble opinion of oneself, a deep sense of one's mortality or littleness, or a lowliness of mind. It actually comes from two Greek words. The first is not rising far from the ground. And the second is a part of the heart or mind. And thus we get the idea of having one's mind not rising higher than it ought to be. Paul, I believe, defined it well in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 whenever he says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is amongst you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What is humility not? It is not cowardness or shyness, nor a feeling of worthlessness. One can be humble, yet be confident, strong, bold, and courageous. I would define humility as this. It is the knowledge of God's will and understanding our part in carrying it out. That means understanding what God desires in our life through His Word and thus carrying it out, submitting ourselves unto His will. Whenever we look at examples of humility, we see people who understood God's will and humbled themselves to carry out His will. First of all, we see the example of Jesus. Jesus, of course, was confident and strong, bold and courageous, yet he was one who was humble. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, he says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. When we consider the example of Jesus, we see one who is quite confident. He knew God's will, and he humbled himself, submitted himself to God's will in order to carry it out. Likewise, we see that example with Paul. In Acts chapter 20 and verses 18 and following, he says, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility. Humility is one thing that God requires of all people. When we read Malachi chapter 6 and verse 8, it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What is that idea of walking humbly with your God? It is the understanding that we know what God desires of us, and thus we submit ourselves to doing His will. Whenever we consider the words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Now notice that idea of being clothed with humility. It is that idea that whenever we get up in the morning is clothing our mind, not with pride and arrogance, but clothing our mind with humility. There's that understanding that we know the part in which we need to play in God's plan. Thus, in being a Christian, we submit ourselves unto His Word in all the roles by which we play in society, whether it is going from our day-to-day lives or whether it be within our families or whether it be within our congregation, we know what God expects of us. Humility is needed in the family for things to run smoothly. Consider these verses, if you will. First Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. That doesn't bring out the idea of humility within the verse, but we do see a picture of humility there, do we not? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Titus chapter 3 and verse 2 says, To speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Now that word men there is anthropos, which is a general statement for mankind, and that would work also in the family, would it not? When we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, it says, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, of course, humility, the word is not found there, but the idea is found there to dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. And thus, as a Christian gentleman, as you are living your life from day to day within that component of the family, we clothe ourselves with humility as we deal with our wives and also our children, understanding that if we desire to put on pride, how that messes up the image in which Christ would have for the world as it views our family, does it not? And so, whenever one is trying to follow Christ by humbling himself to his word, and the other one is not, the pieces of that puzzle does not fit together the way in which it ought to. Likewise, humility is needed in the body of Christ for things to work smoothly. Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Paul would also say in Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 15 and following, he says, But speaking the truth on love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In those two passages, we see the idea of working together. It takes humility in order to work together the way that things should. When we consider the gears in a clock or maybe an old pocket watch, we see that those gears go together the way that they ought to in order to tell time. 
However, whenever those gears do not work together, perhaps whenever pride or jealousies enter into our lives and those components don't work together, then it certainly does not tell time and it certainly does not portray the image in which God would have for us to manifest to a lost and dying world. When we look at scripture, we see blessings that come with working together in humility. First of all, Number one, James chapter four and verse six says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. First of all, let us consider the idea of God resists the proud. That's the idea of standing against. When we have two football teams that are coming together, one is trying to get to the end zone while there is another team that is trying to resist that effort. And spiritually speaking, whenever we live a life of pride and arrogance, God is the one who stands against us. And folks, there is no winning in that game, is it? There's no way in which we can win against God. So one of the blessings that comes with being humble is that God is not going to stand against or to resist us. But instead, and I would say number two from that passage is this, but he gives grace to the humble. That idea of giving grace to the humble means that he gives help to the humble. He encourages those who have submitted themselves unto his righteous will that as they are living their lives that he gives them help. Isn't it nice from time to time whenever you have friends that whenever you're down uh, will come along beside us and help us? Or maybe we would have brothers and sisters in Christ who would come alongside and, and help us. Well, likewise, God helps those who are walking humbly before him. He gives them grace. And then I would say number three, we can go to James chapter 4 and verse 10 where it says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Number one, that gives the idea of lifting up the head or lifting up one's head before a king. We can imagine the parable of the talents by which one servant receives five and another two and the other one. Whenever we have the two faithful servants who are gathered before the king, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He lifts up the head that is bowed down. Another idea that goes with that phrase, he will lift you up, is that whenever we live a life of humility, whenever we submit ourselves unto the will of God and submit ourselves in every aspect of our lives, whether it be in society or family or within the body of Christ, that whenever he comes back, he will literally lift us up to be with him forevermore in heaven. That is why humility is so important within the Christian life. Pride will not get us there. Arrogance will not get us there. Conceit will not get us there. But humility certainly will because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. As we enter into this new year, let us try to grow in humility. If you would like to leave a comment on today's thought, you can email me directly at stgeorgecofc at yahoo.com.
I would love to hear from you. That's all I have for right now. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. May the Lord bless you as you seek to do his will. And I'll see you next time on The Christian Gentleman. Please remember that volumes 1, 2, and 3 of There is a River can be found on Amazon in paper or Kindle versions. Also, my commentary on the Gospel of John, who has believed our report, is there as well. I have written them for your encouragement. Enjoy. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Byway Media by visiting our website, bywaymedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.